0: The late, great coach, Vince Lombardi, probably the best football coach in the history of American football, a master strategist and tactician, and also a very wise man. You may have heard the quote. It's his. Show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. Kind of brings to mind somebody who's been in the news lately. Huh? I'm sorry. You know, I had to do some thinking about this. I, I wasn't expecting yesterday to happen, quite frankly, but it all makes total sense. And what I saw in that press conference, when you really look at it, you see all the reasons why he failed utterly, catastrophically. Matt Gates, I like him. I've always liked him. And yeah, he doesn't have many friends now, but you know what? Since when is popularity the key to success? I'm sorry, I mean, the American spirit, we are independent. We push boundaries. We throw tradition away. That's why, that's why we came here, right? Who remembers the great movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which I gotta admit I've never actually seen or sat through the whole movie. Uh, but it's Jimmy Stewart, and, of course, he goes to Washington, and they try to frame him, and he gives an impassioned speech. And the whole city is against him, the entire establishment, the swamp, against Jimmy Stewart. Now, the situation that he was in is not entirely analogous to what uh, we saw yesterday in the House of Representatives. But I admire that. I admire it a lot. Independence. I admire what Matt Gates did. I'm sorry, I just do. And I recognize that there are really serious people out there who are panicked right now and don't think that any of this should happen. Let's point out, though, Kevin McCarthy is going to be just fine. This is how they treat former speakers in Washington, D.C. Paul Ryan, remember him? Not only does he have one portrait of himself, not only does he have two portraits of himself, he has three portraits hanging in the Capitol for being speaker and for being in charge of various committees. These people take care of themselves excessively well. It's like they're kings and queens. And I think that mentality is kind of why Kevin may have gone into the business, the business of politics. Now, he says he understands the problems, and what he's about to say now is a very serious problem. We would all agree But listen,
1: the thing I would tell everybody is more Americans are dying on the southern border than are dying in Ukraine. Each and every day, a plane of Americans crash from fentanyl. And I don't understand how the White House continues to ignore it.
0: That's a real good question. But he is in a position, a unique position, to throw away tradition, to throw away all the customs and all that stuff that you guys get obsessed with, and just go for it. Think out of the box. Do something drastic. Defund this. Defund that. Because he knows the scope of the problem, but he's scratching his head about where Joe Biden is.
1: Watch
2: last time you spoke to President Biden, do you respect you now?
1: You know, I was thinking about that. It's been a long, long time. I-, I couldn't remember when I spoke to him last.
0: You're the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Are you waiting for him to call you? Badger him. Show up there with the entire Republican conference. Demand to see him. Do something. Do something big. Do something bold. But I think he just kind of wanted to enjoy this job. I'm sorry. I know he's a good man, but look at this scene today from the border area Uh, and he's wondering why his phone isn't ringing from Joe Biden. He's wondering why the administration isn't doing more. This is an emergency and he's playing politics as usual. I've never been a big Kevin McCarthy fan. The big thing for me, as you may know, January 6th and so many people who didn't break anything and didn't hurt anybody are being persecuted and prosecuted by the federal government. And that Capitol Hill officer, Michael Byrd, who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed woman, no police department in the civilized world could justify this shooting. Some would call it a murder, including me. That officer is still on duty with a gun and he's been promoted. And when Speaker then Speaker Kevin McCarthy was asked about this completely intolerable situation. This was his response. One of the first things Marjorie Hellegreen said from the Oversight Diet was that Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ashley Babbitt was murdered, or do you think the police officer who shot her was doing his job? I think the police officer did his job. Just like that. Why did he say that? That's not true. It's provably not true because he's got a bunch of Capitol Hill cops driving him around? What's up with that? So that's my beef and plenty of others. Very much a career politician. And I'm sorry, these guys who stay there for a long time, um, what are they motivated by? And they exaggerate all the time. And he was doing that in his last press conference or first press conference post-speakership. I saw what a career politician this guy is, right up there with Joe Biden in terms of the embellishment.
1: I've always been excited that I've been a happy conservative. But I've always believed that I've been so fortunate to be an American. My journey to this office was something people wouldn't understand.
0: Try us. Try us, Kevin McCarthy. We're not going to be able to understand this story?
1: I grew up in a town of Bakersfield, California, the son of a firefighter. The grandson of immigrants parents worked hard youngest in my family
0: that's almost exactly my story except my father was a cop not a firefighter we can't fathom this story somehow
1: next i opened my own business selling sandwiches three things i learned first to work last to leave last to be paid I wanted to finish my college degree. At that time, no one in my family had finished a four-year degree. I did pretty well. I now had enough money that I could pay my way through school as long as I went to Cal State. So I sold my business.
0: Well, that's beautiful, but that's the end of his private sector experience right there at the age of 20. And he learned those pretty valuable lessons, but that's it. At 20, he was doing really the best work of his life, in my opinion. He seems to think he's king, that he rose to this position. It's, should it shouldn't be that way. You've got to be serving the guy who actually makes sandwiches all day long. It should be thought of that way. Next.
1: So I sold my business going to school. I opened up the local paper and said, be a summer intern in Washington, DC, with my local congressman. I did not know this man, but I thought he'd be lucky to have me, so I applied. And you know what he did? He turned me down. But you want to know the end of the story? I got elected to a seat I couldn't get an internship for. I ended up being the 55th Speaker of the House. Wow.
0: Um, Makes it sound like the political establishment rejected him. He didn't get the internship, but his first job out of college was working for that congressman, a guy named Bill Thomas. This is what I mean about the exaggeration. He worked for a congressman for 15 years, his first job out of school. There he is, happy together. That's great, but trying to tell us that you got the shaft from the congressman's office and uh, you beat the odds anyway isn't quite
1: accurate, is it? And then this. You know, to paraphrase Lou Gehrig, he said, I might have been given a bad break, but I truly still consider myself to be the luckiest man on the face of the earth. There's no other country that you could rise to be the 55th speaker not get an internship and be able to fight for the American public. So it was my greatest honor.
0: It's beautiful, yes, but you see rise, rise from just being a a working person to being a public employee, a politician, rise, rise. I don't like that because they rise to this place of like pseudo royalty with fleets of cars and aides and offices all over the place and these hideaway offices
1: and district offices, and then there's this. I got a new portrait in there, too, of Teddy Roosevelt. You all know the man in the arena, one of my favorite parts of it, who errs, who comes up short again and again, but there is no effort without error and shortcoming, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who knows the triumph of high achievement, and if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly.
0: All right. I hear that poem. I hear this uh, thing a lot from Teddy Roosevelt, great man, great president, but it's really an ode to politicians. Politicians love reading this poem because it celebrates them. This is the part of the poem he didn't read. Next, please. Uh, It goes like this, the next line. Uh, So, you know, he achieves greatness or tries for it, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory or defeat cold and timid souls I've never run for office I'm not gonna run for office most likely you're not gonna run for office uh, most people what do we want to do we want to provide for our families right we want safe schools safe streets safe cities we want low taxes we want to live our lives relaxed. but look at how they view us they're the men in their arena You see where we are on the sidelines, watching them. This is a poem of arrogance. Look at us. We're special. We're in the arena. We're in the stadium. We're stars. I don't like it. Teddy Roosevelt, great guy. But that is a favorite poem of politicians in the arena. Congratulations. You got into the arena. And your prize, multi-million dollar book contract probably coming for Kevin. He was joking about that today. Don't forget the portraits, and Kevin. I'm sorry. This guy does not understand politics. I would never have made this mistake. You wouldn't have made this mistake. Nancy Pelosi. Hello. Who would ever trust this person? I mean, who would ever? Would you? I'll admit she was good to Democrats. I mean, take a look at this. Some guy is in her office for five minutes with his feet up on his uh, on her desk. He's going to jail for five years, federal prison, Big O Barnett. These people show up almost every week on the right at McCarthy's office, take it over, yell, scream, put out their uh, their big banners, and nothing happens to them. They might get a parking ticket. <laughs> What's going on here? You got to have a toughness. People have to be a little bit of afraid of you when you're a leader, and they don't. They're not. Of Kevin and Kevin says he was let down by Nancy Pelosi imagine that huh tells a story of uh, how he was trying to get rid of that rule where just one person could start the process to oust him and Nancy has something to say about it check it out
1: interesting it was in this room after we had won the majority I had became speaker less and Nancy Pelosi came to me she was speaker at the time on the way out I told her I was having issues with getting enough votes and she said what's the problem I said they want this one one person can you out she was the only speaker to have changed that rule I had the power to call the vote on her but I never would I lost some votes because of it um, and she said just give it to him I'll always back you up I made the same offer to Boehner and same thing to uh, Paul because I believe in the institution I think today was a political decision by the Democrats
0: you see Pelosi let her let him down Pelosi he wanted Pelosi to save him he was counting on Pelosi but Pelosi went back on her word you know instead of basically let's face it he doesn't really like Trump right Trump was a hassle and a headache for these career politicians you should have listened to him this man amazing insight wisdom that a 1,000 careers in politics would not provide the conventional person. But take a look. This is a story that, Kevin, I wish you had listened to.
3: So here it is, the snake. It's called the snake. On her way to work one morning, down the path along the lake, a tender-hearted woman saw a poor half-frozen snake his pretty colored skin had been all frosted with the dew. Poor thing, she cried, I'll take you in, and I'll take care of you. The border. <laughs> take me in, O oh, tender woman. Take me in, for heaven's sake. Take me in, O oh, tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. She wrapped him up all cozy in a comforter of silk and laid him by her fireside with some honey and some milk. She hurried home from work that night and as soon as she arrived, she found that pretty snake she'd taken in, had been revived. Take me in, oh tender woman. Take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, O oh tender woman, sighed that vicious snake. She clutched him to her bosom. You're so beautiful, she cried. But if I hadn't brought you in by now, oh, heavens, you would have died. She stroked his pretty skin again and kissed him and held him tight. But instead of saying, Thank you. That snake gave her a vicious bite. I have saved you, cried the woman. And you've bitten me, heavens, why? You know your bite is poisonous, and now I'm going to die. Oh, shut up, silly woman, said the reptile with a grin. You knew damn well
0: I was a snake before you took me in. Right? Kevin, what were you thinking? Anyway, if you think I'm being too hard on Kevin McCarthy, I'm not. All right? He's going to be just fine. People get fired every day and they don't know what they're going to do. He's got multi-million dollar lobbying jobs to choose from. If he leaves Congress, he's got a book deal. And yeah, he's going to go back to Congress to get one, two maybe even three portraits of himself. I don't have one, do you? Good luck, Matt Gates, and the others. We'll be right back. More generals are joining General Milley's team, mutinous Mark, I call him, because he tried to sabotage the presidency of uh, Donald Trump did so many things behind his back, working, colluding with the swamp, and he was not the only general. Uh, I'll get to the new ones in a moment. They've actually been at it for a while, but new information. Milley learned you gotta trip up presidents when he was a colonel in the United States Army. These generals, folks, very, very few of them are trustworthy. The worst of the worst in terms of integrity, get to the top. I know that for a fact. Now he, Milley, in the new celebrated book about Joe Biden, actually reveals that generals bragged about this over the years. A younger Mark Milley had sat in meetings in the basement of the Pentagon, listening to top generals boast about how Obama was a young president that they could manipulate. I don't like Barack Obama, all right? But he was elected president and the idea that the generals are pushing around an elected leader manipulating him to do what they want. This is, this is what we're seeing. This is swamp, worse than swamp. This is authoritarianism. 60 Minutes, Bob Woodward, I don't like these guys, but there's some truth here.
4: The meetings. Obama felt disrespected and trapped and at different times, he felt that the military was maneuvering around him. Did they think they could take a young president?
0: Some of them might have have thought that. So you're the president who's supposed to be the decider, who's supposed to have choice, and you've got these blocks of granite out there saying, oh no, you really don't have a choice. This is the way to do it. And
1: he was not
4: The establishment wanted 40,000 troops, an open-ended commitment. He wanted a plan for a U.S. exit. In the end, he gave 30,000, but still the military kept pushing. Uh,
0: ABC, not 60 Minutes, by the way. Uh, All right. Remember how they were all in love, the culture, the media, with Barack Obama lifting him? Imagine President Trump, the whole culture is trying to rip him apart. Wouldn't the generals feel emboldened to go much further than these guys did against Barack Obama? And these generals, most of them, not all, there are a couple of great ones out there, uh, even ones with four stars. But too many of them lie like crazy, and they lied to the entire country all during the 20-year Afghanistan war. I think uh, that the development of the Afghan army is on a very good path right now. We've made tremendous strides, incredible progress in the last 20 months.
2: The solid partnership has been the thing that has been really striking for me all around the country.
0: It's fair to ask if we're winning in Afghanistan. I believe the answer is yes, and several facts allow me to say that with confidence. Everything's going great. We just need a little more time, a little more time, a little more time, right up until we lose. We lost a war, folks. Nobody seems to <laughs> I, I, I don't think we've addressed that adequately. Do you? All right. Two other generals who I believe lied and undermined their oath, their commitment to the country by tripping up President Trump, these two individuals, Kelly and Mattis. Trump elevated them uh, to Homeland Security Secretary, to Defense Secretary, later Chief of Staff, and these guys worked just like so many other generals. We know it now undermined him, betrayed him, tried to sabotage his administration, and they're still doing it, from John Kelly. He spoke out to CNN today, today, he's bad-mouthing Trump. What can I add that has not already been said? A person that has no idea what America stands for and has no idea what America is about? A person that did not want to be, oh wait, a person who demonstrated open contempt for a Gold Star family, for all Gold Star families on TV during a 2016, this is not true. This is demonstrably false. Next please. He's saying this, and they're still printing it over at CNN. A person who is not truthful regarding his position on protection of unborn life, On this is a president who got rid of Roe v. Wade, we'd still have it if it wasn't for him. And this is the most offensive, and I'll stop there. Um, next, yeah, a person that did not want to be seen in the presence of military amputees because it doesn't look good for me. That's what he says President Trump said. Can I show you some photographs? First time I saw some of these, well, they could bring you to tears. This is a man I know cares deeply about this country, cares deeply about the veterans. Part of why he ran for president was to take care of veterans. Doesn't want to be seen with the wounded, doesn't understand America. How dare that man lie for who knows what the hell reason? General Kelly, you are a disgrace. And by the way, no relation. Trust me. We'll be right back.
4: Look, the story's not about me. The story's not about someone else. It's about you. At The Balance, I remember
2: why I'm here. The more we all know, the better we'll all be. Don't miss Eric Bowling, The Balance, tonight on Newsmax.
0: Rudolph Giuliani, from 1994 till 2001, he was totally awesome in that job. Um, A legend, Time Magazine Man of the Year. For a mayor back then, that was totally extraordinary. He left a total hero. He still is a hero, but let's face it, he's taken some knocks by, well, the establishment, the fake news, why? Because he's worked very, very well with President Trump and for President Trump. And, uh, well, his reward for all of this has been indictments, lawsuits, getting arrested. But I am so thrilled that Rudy Giuliani is hitting back and he is hitting the big guy himself, Joe Biden. Uh, Rudy Giuliani just filed a lawsuit accusing Joe Biden of defaming him, defaming him, and we all saw it. We all saw the defamation. First of all, Mr. Giuliani, welcome back. How are you? I think this is a great thing you're doing. Congratulations. Congrats.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it. We're, we're uh, just beginning our offenses, but it's a good start.
0: All right. So I believe the moment that and it's just a moment, it's when he said you were basically a Russian pawn. Is that it? I, I've yeah. got it all queued up. Let's take a look. This is from Absolutely. the I mean, there's
4: more to it, but that's the key part.
1: Yes.
0: All right. Let's all watch it together. This is a debate. Joe Biden is not president. He's not vice president. He is a private citizen, technically, in 2020 fall love. Take a look.
3: His buddy, Rudy Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is Russian, that is not true.
0: Tell us about that moment. What does it mean legally? What did
4: he just do? What he just said is that I was a Russian spy, a Russian operative, a dishonest person supplying dishonest information. uh, Many, many things, right? I mean, Uh, You could go as far as to say a traitor, right, a Russian pawn. Uh, It did great damage to my uh, law practice, my consulting business, my uh, uh, podcast. My podcast was canceled in certain places. Uh, I mean, I I can calculate millions of dollars in damage as a result of that. Roughly half the people believed him. A little over half the people believed him now those half the people turn out to be a lot of the corporate uh, captains and and leaders in the country. And I was doing security work for for many of them. And I also had a a beginning podcast that was up to a million people on YouTube. So it was not insubstantial, and I lost lost a lot of that.
0: Wow. Uh, I didn't realize that. I did not realize that. Uh, And, oh, by the way, let's just make sure everybody knows and I know – You were, at that point, in possession of the laptop, and you're talking to the media, and we know it's authentic, and you believe, and I believe, and I think we all know now, that he was lying about it when he said that that was Russian disinformation. Excuse me, Mr. Mayor, I'm not. He was lying about it when he said it was Russian disinformation. So he knowingly knowingly defamed you, and that's the thing. He's got to know it's
4: untrue, and he did, right? Correct. Times Against Sullivan says that for a public figure like me to recover, I have to show that the other person was lying. They knew they were not telling you. It can't just be negligent, accidental. Now, here's how I know he was lying. Now, of course, we only had the solid proof of that recently. And that's because the FBI validated that hard drive back in December of uh, 2019. That's, that's a, that was a, a year before uh, it had been discussed it had been validated again. And then when uh, it came out, his uh, secretary of state, now secretary of state, he might have been his campaign manager or whatever, did a two-day phony 51-letter thing from a group of intelligence experts who never even read it, who couldn't possibly be telling the truth. Yeah. So that, what you saw there was, was a setup for Trump. They they set him up with that 51-person uh, uh, bunch of liars, the intelligence agents who basically have delivered most of our mistakes in the I last get it. 20 years.
0: Now, Mr. Mayor, um, I know you have a slam-dunk case. I know that uh, he's lying. Now, they may try to say, well, uh, the FBI, they may have made that determination, but we have no evidence that they— formally inform Joe Biden or do we know is there evidence and I guess you're maybe looking for it that the FBI told
4: Joe Biden about this matter? Yes, we do have evidence, but that's also why we have to take his deposition. Uh, Remember the Paula Jones case? Yeah. I am kind of a different kind of allegation, but the same case legally. Yeah. He's not the president at the time. I have a right to his deposition. Uh, about this and there's surely enough facts to warrant a deposition so he's going to have to explain under oath why he didn't read certain documents of how people were acting off on their own statements that we have that he made he's going to have to explain them if he doesn't explain them it's held against him yep and we can recover from it mr mayor it's not like in a criminal case i mean we can draw i get it i you, get it mr mayor yeah.
0: um and a lot of folks in the media don't understand that. There, there's no evidence, like I said, no evidence. But there is this discovery process that a lot of people are unfamiliar with, they should be, where you can get the evidence, where you can... I love it. Why did you file this, I believe, in state court in New Hampshire? Is that right?
4: Yeah, because they, they have a... Uh, something called a single publication rule. Not every state has it, only about five. If I win in uh, New Hampshire... I can collect in every state in which he defamed me, Ooh. even those where the statute of limitation has run. So if I win in New Hampshire, then it, I can collect damages in North Carolina and in Florida and in New York. You've got to keep us posted, sir, every step of the way.
0: And I hope you're contemplating another lawsuit.
4: Against oh, 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 we are. There are a lot. I mean, this, this has a lot of room for amendment and expansion. Uh, well, again, I'm talking about that. Uh,
0: I'm talking about that star witness from the January 6th oh, hearings. Oh, oh,
4: oh, absolutely. We yeah. got. Well, I, well, I mean, this this one is a very, uh, very well done piece of legal work, particularly with the single publication rule. I think that's really going to hit them as quite a surprise, and you can recover in every state.
0: Mr. Mayor, we wish you all the luck in the world. I do, and uh, keep. Oh, us he deserves circles. it. I
4: mean, he's the biggest yeah. liar we've ever had in the White House. It's
0: incredible that he's gotten away with it. I think his time is running out. Mayor Giuliani,
4: thank you. Somebody's got to stand up directly to him. Not not Hunter, him. Got it.
0: See you later, and we'll be right back. All right, so day three of this fraudulent fraud trial. The president next to his attorneys, Mr. Keist and Alina Haba. I'm getting reports that these two are awesome in the courtroom. The whole thing is a joke. Uh, The judge, he should be ashamed of himself. This is my opinion, but there he is. I can tell he's a ham. He likes all this. Well, we the people do not. Um, However, I don't want to assign any opinions to my next guest. He, He is the great Judge Andrew Napolitano, former New Jersey Superior Court judge famous for his independence. Oh, he's also the host of Judging Freedom, a great podcast. Judge, welcome back. You heard what I think. What do you think?
5: Well, uh, Greg, no matter what we talk about, it's a pleasure uh, to be with you. I mean, Judge uh, Engron has a substantial trial on his hands, and he's making no bones about uh, his own opinions of the credibility of witnesses uh, and even the human worth Uh, of the of the principal defendant judges sometimes have a tendency to do this when there's no jury in the case but if the comments that he has made in the courtroom were made in the presence of a jury that would be a basis for reversible error but judges when they are both the jury and the judge and we can talk about how that happened if, if you want in a moment uh tend to let their guard down because of their so-called judicial independence. So don't worry that I made those comments. It's not going to affect the way I, the way I think. That's probably uh, the attitude that he takes. He got into some arguments with the lawyers for the former uh, president today. He felt their cross-examinations were tedious. He called them frivolous. Ah, that happens. Again, this wouldn't happen in front of a jury. It would happen at sidebar or you would send the jury out of the room. The president is of the view that he's already lost the case because the judge has made up his mind against him. And I don't blame the president for thinking that way. I'm still old fashioned enough to think that this case is going to be decided on the law and the facts. But for a non-lawyer like the former president to say, this guy hates me, he's going to already decided to rule against me. I can understand how President Trump has come to that conclusion. I'm sorry, you can't what, that he came to that? You can can understand. I can't understand how the president has come to that conclusion because the comportment of the judge, and again, there's no jury there, but the comportment of the judge is obviously in favor of the state and against the Trump defendants.
0: Well, maybe I think, you know what, go for it. Why not? Give it a shot. Call it out for what it is. And the Judge also said this. This was uncovered comments he made early last year. I think we have it. Let's put it up on the screen where he said that Trump, that Trump is a bad guy. He said it out loud. Uh, here's the exact quote. Uh, if Ms. James has a thing against him, okay, he's just a bad guy. She should go after as the chief law enforcement officer of the state. Now, I've heard people say, well, he was talking in a – I don't see how this is hypothetical, but even if there's the chance that he harbors these feelings – It seems like it would make him completely ineligible. There seems to be no way out because this is a corrupt deal and they're trying to get him. Look, let's put that aside for a moment. We both know what it is. I know what it is. And I I respect your opinion very much. Can you tell us about the JFK assassination conversation you had with President Trump while he was president? This is amazing stuff.
5: Are you serious? I'll be happy to explain. I it am to you. totally serious. Look, I'm obsessed with the JFK assassination. The the uh, uh, the president called me about two weeks before the end of his term in January of uh, 2021, and he went through a list of pardons and uh, uh, prison commutations. He wanted my opinions on them. Some of these people are very well known. I don't want to mention their names. Uh, he pretty much agreed with um, the opinion i had expressed. I said, "How you doing? Not too good." How are you doing? I said, I'm fine. I said, but you know, there's one more thing you need to do. You promised the public and you promised me personally and private many times that you would release the JFK assassination file. He said to me, judge, I did make that promise. But if you saw what they showed me, you wouldn't release the file anyway, either. And someday when we don't have, and then he raised the volume of his voice, Fifteen people listening to this phone call. The next time I see you after I leave office, I will tell you what they showed me. End of the conversation. I haven't spoken to him since, hmm. but we have exchanged messages to each other, but cryptically and not about this subject. Well, Judge, when you finally do have that conversation, I would love to uh, be there. I, uh, we can hope Brett and pray. Probably- you have my word. When I have that conversation, I'm coming to you first.
0: Well, that's very generous of you. We'll see if the president is okay with that, of course. But Judge Napolitano, so enjoy talking to you. To be continued, sir. That is a fascinating. Absolutely,
5: story. I'm, I'm monitoring this trial for you, uh, Greg. There's Thank- nothing we can do about his comportment except expose it. The judges, indeed. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right back. Sure.
0: All right, so Newsmax, you know, we have a great cable channel, right? Uh, you've probably been to the website, a great digital presence, and also a monthly magazine. Did you know about our monthly magazine? Yeah, you should really get it. It's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, great article in there t- this month, Musk versus Zuckerberg, which one prevails will determine our future. And also, if you go a little bit deeper in the magazine, a false page ad, for this show, featuring me, Greg Kelly, an entire page, I don't think I've ever had such an honor in my life, delivering the hardest-hitting reports and analysis from coast to coast. Well, the man who made that possible is, um, well, as Chris Ruddy, <laughs> but his right-hand man uh, for all things magazine-related and media-related is Ken Chandler, the executive editor of Newsmax Media. Ken Thank you so much for this honor.
2: (laughs) You're very welcome and well deserved.
0: Well, not only that, but I don't know if you remember, you actually took this picture. You are a very (laughs) gifted photographer. Um, So give us a rundown. um, Musk versus Zuckerberg, if you don't mind. Uh, What's this all about?
2: So this month's cover story, um, we focus on these two billionaires who dominate social media around the world. Interestingly, they have Uh, Drastically opposed visions. Um, uh, There is differences, red state versus blue state. Um, You know, whichever one of these two guys comes out on top, and it is a a race for world domination of social media and information. um, Whoever comes out on top is going to have a profound effect on the future of this country and the country that we leave to our children and our children's children. I mean, these two guys couldn't be more different in the way they, they approach things. Who's winning now? Do we have a do you have a sense? I mean,
0: my guess is Musk. I mean, the guy's going into outer space. I don't think <laughs> Facebook is doing that yet. Uh, it's got to be Musk, no?
2: Yeah, I, I would say at the moment, yes. You know, Musk is very much a, a free speech guy. Um, he believes that everyone should have the right to uh, speak their mind uh, and say what they want to say. Uh, Zuckerberg's the complete opposite. Um, he, he's more interested in controlling the narrative. And as a registered Democrat, he, he's actually said that he wants to see more government control of information. Um, as you probably reported, I'm sure you have, um, Zuckerberg helped Biden get elected in 2020 with his $400 million donation to local election offices. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of those Zuck bucks, as they were called, uh, went to key swing states uh, to fund mail-in balloting, drop boxes and ballot counting, all things that helped Democratic candidates.
0: Yeah. Another reason why I'm rooting. I don't know if I've said this. I'm rooting for for Musk. Um, this is a great magazine. I noticed, uh, however, there's no price on the cover. <laughs> is there is that on? Per- I mean, how much does this cost? How do we get it? How do folks get it?
2: Well, the, the easiest way to get it is to, it's very easy. You go to Newsmax com and just click on the Newsmax magazine button uh, and you get a subscription and we will send you the magazine every month. It'll come straight to your home.
0: Well, that's a beautiful arrangement. Um, Ken, you've been in the media for a long time. You were the top man at the New York Post, many prestigious jobs in the industry. Are you optimistic? Are you how do you feel about today's media landscape overall? It's a lot more complex than when you started in the business circa whenever that was (laughs) a
2: long time ago. Uh, Are you are you optimistic? I I am optimistic, I I am an optimist, so I I do believe that, uh, you know, the media will come through this. This is a a very difficult period. But, you know, newspapers who were kind of written off as dead a few years ago are actually finding their feet in the digital age, and and some of them are starting to make money again. Uh, And you know, that's important, because the more outlets that we have, the better informed we're going to be. You know, you don't want to be like uh, Zuckerberg and control information. You want a, a free flow of information. I mean, that's why Newsmax is here. You know, we're another voice. And and I think it's a very important addition.
0: I love it. Newsmax, um, go to the website. But you know what? It's really nice to sit down with the hard copy, and I'm so glad we uh, we do that. So Ken Chandler, thank you very much for everything, especially page uh, 37. (laughs) You're very welcome. All the best. We'll be right back. (laughs) Want to watch a viral video with me? Uh, That's a Fox News segment. Congressman Tim Burchett, he went on Twitter to say he was going to pray about what he's going to do, how he would vote uh, on the whole McCarthy thing. He ultimately voted to oust McCarthy. Uh, Something happens here in this exchange and it's getting a lot of attention. Let's watch.
5: If Matt Gaetz didn't stand up, you weren't going to challenge. You know that. I believe I I would have. Oh, come on. Please, you you were praying about it one minute. The next minute you're going to lead an insurgency? so you don't think that praying about it's important?
4: Is that what you're saying? One, one that's, minute you know, you're that's praying you're saying about saying how you're going to you vote
0: with Matt Gates. Hmm. I don't know what to make of this. Not the best moment for Kill Me, but not a bad guy. All right, I'll leave it at that. If I saw this online, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't retweet it. I, would, I just, I'd just keep scrolling. But uh, there it was. Hey, thank you for watching, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. All the best.